1: What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? And a light heart ...the ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned.
0: Welcome aboard the Black Pearl.
1: Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize,
0: and plunder. And
1: plunder! You just ruined my sails there. <laughs> Took the wind out of my sails. And plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from scottartis.com. And, In the previous minute, oh, what
0: okay, do you say to care. that? Okay, what? <laughs> that's that's how the artist. <laughs> And I'm Heather artist from BlackPearlMinute.com.
1: Two can play at your games now. Really? Oh, yeah. Poor listeners. They're in for a hell of a treat. Thanks for joining us for Minute 25 of Dead Man's Chest. We need to let everyone know that we are making some schedule changes to the show. <gasps> yeah, coming up. Format will still be the same as far as we're doing now. But it will provide a better opportunity to post bonus episodes and cover additional Pirates of the Caribbean topics a bit easier. Yes. For us, anyways.
0: You got that right.
1: Next week, we are moving to three days a week. Breaking things up from the grind of a daily cast to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays is the plan. And like I said, it's the chance to fit bonus shows into the schedule easier. Just make it a little more harmonious for everybody.
0: A little easier on Heather.
1: Yeah, exactly. Heather is the weak link in the chain here. Yeah. We've had some listener feedback and talking with some of our Movies by Minutes colleagues that the three days... per week schedule might provide better engagement and an easier time for people keeping up with the show and new people jumping in. As I'm sure everybody out there knows, it can be a bit daunting trying to catch up on a new show or just jumping into one. You know, it's there's like so many episodes, it can be really crazy. Or even if you've been listening to one already that's producing five days per week, I mean, fitting it into an already busy schedule with work, hobbies, families, and everything else, it's it's a lot. Yeah. So we hope the new schedule works well for the majority of you out there. I mean, I guess we can say, hey, there you go. Three days a week. Plus, I I can't lie. (laughs) I mean, it not only reduces our workload during preparation of the episodes ahead of time. And then also trying to report on any latest Pirates of the Caribbean news that we try to do every now and then. And as you know, in some episodes doing historical research that we do, too, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound like it from the show. But yeah, sometimes it does. It can really increase the prep time. I mean, seriously, especially in a daily release to make sure that we're getting enough episodes ahead of time and keeping up with the latest news. Like I said, it's a lot of stuff going on. But I think here's the big reason, though. That's all like sideline stuff. Those are nice like bonuses to have reason-wise. But the big reason why we're heading to Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, it's like the coup de grace of reasons. The death blow of reasons, maybe I'll say. (laughs) Is for a better listening experience for the audience. Yeah. I mean, it really is all about the audience. By moving to three days a week, we actually eliminate, wait for it, a lengthy hiatus between seasons. Yeah, That's the deal. We always felt a bit weird about leaving, you know, having a daily cast and all of a sudden going away. Unless you're a really huge show that has continuous conversations around things, say, Star Wars related, but where you don't have stuff going on all the time. Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, taking off for three, six months or something, that can be a lot of time.
0: Yeah, and it will help with our procrastination. We won't procrastinate so much.
1: Exactly. We won't
0: have time to to do it to procrastinate as much. Yeah,
1: I mean, we... During the hiatus. Yeah, because it, it'll remove that hiatus between seasons. So this schedule allows us to drop that three to six month period where we're off the air. We can now reduce that rest and prep time dramatically that we have. Yeah. And also it keeps a regular weekly schedule in place. So it's not like we do, you know, six months, seven months for a movie and then disappear for three to six months and then come back. Now it'll just be something that's three to six or three episodes per week throughout the year yep. is basically what's going to happen. So, that, I mean, really, we won't disappear for months at a time. It boils down to we can have a quick rollover to the next season and the next movie is kind of the whole plan with that. And so I know it won't make everybody happy out there, but I think in the long run it will work out for everyone, including us and the quality of the show. Well, if the show had any quality. That's true. Or
0: standards.
1: (laughs) And it really keeps the episodes coming weekly throughout the year, like I said. Or maybe a little longer, given that World's End is 168 minutes long, so it'll take us over a year to cover that. Yeah. Three at a time, but there you go. That's the announcement. If you have any questions, hit us up on social media. Shoot us an email to podcast at blackpearlminute.com or call the Pirate Hotline 8637-PIRATE if you have any questions about that.
0: That's 8637-PIRATE.
1: Thank you for that.
0: kind of catchy. I just had to re-say it.
1: Call (laughs) 635-89-57. Carpet land. In the previous minute, damn it, Will, don't you know the first thing about survival is to never mess with a trinket or piece of food attached to a rope? Haven't you seen Swiss Family Robinson, Return of the Jedi, or any of the hundreds of other movies that have this rope trap thing going on? Anyways, Will can't help but play with Gibbs' flask, grabs his twine, and the next thing you know, Will is dangling upside down with a posse of painted men looking on. Hey, just your average day in the Caribbean.
0: It's nice that he stashed the flask so that he gave it back to.
1: Exactly. You gotta to do Gibbs that. there. Exactly. Minute 25 begins with our aerial view of the island and Cannibal Village, which cuts to Will Turner being carried through the bustling community, unconscious with feet and hands tied to bamboo. The minute ends with Will being presented to a painted-up Chief Jack Sparrow. Will says while hanging upside down, I can honestly say I'm glad to see you. Not saying a word, Chief Jack leaves his bone thrown and approaches the captive Will. That's all I got. That's the recap. But actually, before we get officially started, I almost forgot what's the pirate word of the freaking week I was going to tell you.
0: What? What? You're going to tell me what?
1: Tell you to get your button gear and say pirate <laughs> word of the week. Okay, before we get going, what is the pirate word of the week?
0: Chunk o' rotted seahorse.
1: Chunk o' rotted seahorse. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds It's what you call good. somebody? <laughs> it's just like a slang.
0: <laughs> Mainly a scumbag. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, I like that.
0: Yeah. Chunk o' rotted would. seahorse. Yep.
1: I got a new one for the Rolodex for you then. <laughs> oh, there's a new nickname. What did you think of this minute? We'll just roll right into the minute now.
0: I think it, it's, you get a really good view of the island here. Yeah. Or the end of the view of the island. And you get a really cool view of what this little village, or big village, looks like. You know, in the bridges, it looks like their villages are on the mountaintops. Yeah. And they have to always use these sketchy looking rope bridges. You know? Aren't most
1: rope bridges sketchy? When you're trying to have to cross a big giant gorge or ravine.
0: Right. And oh my god, the skulls. Do we use enough skulls in this minute? It's
1: Pirates They're of the Caribbean. Everywhere. Curse of the Black Pearl. They were everywhere. all skeletons, so.
0: You know, there's actually three hundred and eighty-five skulls used Jeez, in this. Really? In this little village.
1: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of uh long pork.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Says it's of their enemies.
1: Do they have the first one, like taped to their one of the huts. Like, this is our very first cannibal Taped? victim. I'm not yeah. sure they
0: have tape. It's like the...
1: You know, when you go into a restaurant, there's always like that first dollar bill the business gets and they tape it to the register or have it framed on the wall. Okay, so maybe they have the skull framed on the wall or hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. Ah. You remember in the good old days when... <laughs> this guy came wandering over the like island. see it like in
0: Chinese food restaurants.
1: Exactly. The first and dollar. Thai food on has it. one. Yeah. At least our local Thai food does. Yeah. Shout out to the Thai food. This brought to you by... The Thai kitchen.
0: That's all <laughs> so you to Name them at least. Yeah, I'll name them.
1: You know, for those advertising dollars, and when we walk in there next time, can we get some free? Uh, we advertised you didn't get any,
0: any business from it. Yeah,
1: and those people come from all over the country just to come here to get some Thai kitchen
0: to our little town. <laughs>
1: Although Jack is clearly meant to steal the scene, because this is what I think of the minute. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. He's completely in traditional Pelagosto paint. The multiple eyes sitting on the throne, the close up with his eyes closed making us think they're open, but it's just paint. Ha. I thought Brubinsky. he I thought
0: they changed the color of his eyes. I thought they were real. Yeah, they're blue.
1: Cuz when you first And I see said,
0: it, "Oh, I didn't realize he had blue eyes."
1: Well, until he opens it. Then you can see it. From far away, you can you it's hard to tell maybe. I know Heather was completely fooled by it. Completely. In fact, though, just him sitting on the throne in the introduction to Jack as the cannibal chief is really similar to the multiple introductions he had in the beginning of The Curse of the Black Pearl. We talked oh, about yeah. all these introductions yeah. that he has. So go back to season one. Do you want to hear some of that? But it's the same formula being followed in the original film that's being followed here. There's a cohesiveness with the structure and formula between the two films. And we've seen this already. Not that this works with the plot. But I almost feel this is the wow moment for Jack's introduction here. This is the opening. This is the curse of the Black Pearl when we first see him. Here on the throne, this is better than him in the coffin or breaking out of the coffin. Yeah. We can all see Jack in prison and having to escape or even leaving his confinement with a valuable map or, in this instance, the drawing of a key. This isn't surprising. I don't think any of us really were surprised when we saw him bust out of the coffin. No. No. Okay, that's why Jack hanging out with the cannibals is the Jolly Mon introduction. Yeah, we talked about the parallels with the two uncommon sailing vessels before. The sinking Jolly Mon and the coffin. We talked about that when we first started this show here, this new season. But this is what I think is more of a link to the comical and powerful intro of the main character. That completely out of left field moment that humbles our hero and anti-hero captain. Jack as the chief of the cannibals is more Jolly Mon than the coffin prison escape. Yeah. That is my contention as a lawyer.
0: Plus, then lawyer. explains the chief comment he says in the. Well, that's what I'm saying, Black but Pearl. this
1: is the surprise moment. Well, yeah. Because when we first see our captain, I mean, it wouldn't quite serve the plot, but this would have been that crazy introduction when we first see Jack in the Curse of the Black Pearl, right? Yeah. That's the unexpected Jack moment that blows up our perception of stereotypical pirates or pirate captains. We expected to see Jack Sparrow. On a giant, tall ship coming into the harbor as a captain. Instead, he's on a tiny little boat that's sinking. That's the Jolly Mon instant. That had some comedy. It was sinking. He's on the crow's nest. You're still thinking, okay, is he on a larger ship? Okay, it turns out he's not. And then it shows up and it's underwater. Here, he's the chief of some cannibal tribe. Unexpected. I mean, but where I was going with all this... Well, focus, I guess, on a second introduction for Jack Sparrow. Will is the one who actually steals the minute, though. Okay? But Jack, this could have been... Maybe that's why they didn't do it, because Will actually steals this minute. But Jack, if we hadn't seen the Black Pearl and known that they were on the island, this would have been that great introduction for Jack. If they kind of re-edited things and had him pop his eyes open, it's like, oh my god, Jack's the captain of this weird tribe. And then we could see the Black Pearl. Yeah, Captain, Chief. Okay, there you go. Hook, line, and sinker, though, getting back to Will. I buy Will's genuine happiness. He's still a bit drowsy from the dart. Okay, we see that. He sells this, I'm going to be eaten, kind of, I'm stressed out, thinking I'm never going to see Elizabeth again. And then who in the hell is in the chief's chair? Jack Sparrow. It's the last thing we expect. I believe this is the scene that actually inspired Thor's reaction to who he sees or who he's going to fight in Ragnarok. The Hulk. He's so excited, a savior moment. He's my friend from work. Good night, Mike. That's my friend from work.
0: Right? Yep. Or
1: should I should have had a Norse accent, maybe. Yeah. Damn it.
0: You pull weird accents out sometimes. It's, hey, it's odd.
1: Don't tell me about my accents. They're all spot on. We all know this.
0: Spot on to something.
1: <laughs> but that's the Thor moment, because that's Will. Oh my God, it's Jack. He's a friend from work and he's the captain. (laughs) There's no way I'm going to get eaten. What? what, what? What's going on here? We (laughs) get the payoff, but not quite the story, though, as you were saying, because I want to touch on what you said. The story of Jack becoming their chief still eludes us, but we see who he is at least talking about. Kind of. I mean, that's the whole point. The idea is that Jack happened upon the Pelagostos at some point prior to commandeering the HMS Interceptor at Port Royal. And he was made the native's chief. Jack stayed at least long enough to grasp the basics of the Pelagostos language. And then he left. This is the story. The one line we get from Elizabeth plunges off Fort Charles. And they made me their chief, he says to Mulroy and Murtaugh. The beauty of this is that we still don't know the whole story. But part of it is filled in. We get, at least get the tribe. Right. We go, well, holy Jesus. he's not He wasn't lying to Mulroy and Murtaugh. No, he's a chief. I thought he was maybe pulling a... Just a trickster moment or something, but he was actually a chief here.
0: Chief of a cannibal tribe. Yeah,
1: that's something for your resume. That it is. You put that at the top during like the big bold title area. I mean, we know he's a trickster. We can get the general idea. I mean, we don't really need to know how he became the chief. This is the stuff that is gold for the expanded universe. So I like that. Essentially one line from the first movie drove a scene in dead man's chest. Yeah. A big scene. Oh, yeah. I could just see them all sitting around the room. What are we going to come up with that? Jack said uh, they made me their chief. So let's, uh, let's write a story around that.
0: Crazy inspiration.
1: <laughs> like you said, too, we also get a nice look at the Pelagostos village. Yes. Kind of their daily life when Will is carried into the village. So I think it might be time for a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things.
0: Wow. But. I mean, the sound of music and here. Because
1: I think you have some information on... The village. The village as well. So uh-huh. maybe I'll you can jump in on my few of my favorite things list and we can go from there. Sounds good. The bone curtain. It's like a bead curtain hanging in one of the huts there. Do you see that? Yes. And I thought those things were a product of the 60s. Now I'm thinking maybe it's the <laughs> 1660s or the 1760s. I don't know. But the bone curtain.
0: They need something for, pri- for privacy. That's true. Why not use the bones? They got probably got tons of leftovers. The this hut's
1: are rockin don't come a-knocking. <laughs> the bones are a- rocking. The don't... bones
0: are rattling.
1: The bones are rattlin'.
0: rattling, got rattling come bones. come a- a-tattlin'.
1: How does that work now? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of euphemisms in there, too. Choose your own euphemism <laughs> while you're at it. The huts, though, are freaking spectacular. Yes, I mean, it's warranted. A freaking comment is the huts. The vines create this swirl look. These are the best looking indigenous cultures hut I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: What do you think they look like?
1: Well, I need one for the backyard. They're crazy cool. What do they look like?
0: Yeah, what do you what do you think they look like?
1: Well, it, it almost looks like a swirled wood of some kind. I'm trying to think of some good parallel to What it 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 reminds me of something? Maybe it's like grapevines or something like that. If you take a cross section, I don't know.
0: They kind of remind me of like an intricate birdhouse. Maybe. You know. I can see that. Or like a nest. That, you know how like mud nests are all enclosed. Something along those lines.
1: Yeah. It could be something like that. What's that bird? What's that bird called? Does the bird guy I should know what it's called? And I can't think of it right now. Does the intricate nest designs. Also likes to decorate their nests some of them. I can't think of it right now. Shoot. I think I would know that. Completely slipped my mind. Left everybody hanging.
0: Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. so there- Since
1: this isn't the bird minute then go ahead.
0: They're an organic riff on a skull with eye and mouth holes, and everything brought up into a bun at the top.
1: Yeah, it looks like that now that I see it, because I was actually, when I was saw one of the the holes on one of them, it almost looked like there was potted plants in there, and I yeah. thought, oh, it's not potted plant, though. It's just the way that it's coming out, but it looked, I thought maybe they had, I thought I caught them with the potted plant there, but I didn't.
0: It gives a kind of animus feeling to the entire village.
1: But I didn't get necessarily the skulls. I mean, I see where they are coming from now. I get more of a chaotic look. And almost that it's not necessarily because of all these vines, the way they twirl around. But it's a piece of art. It's not necessarily a skull. Because when I see it, I see all these twirling vines that are connected together. And I don't necessarily get an ominous look to it or an animus look to it.
0: I don't get chaotic, though. Well, I'm just saying the way that the vines
1: are intricately woven...
0: Yeah. They're, to they're,
1: form this, the walls of this. I Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. They're actually built with a shell of lightweight material to get the initial shape. Yeah. Okay. And then they manufactured fiberglass skins that look like roots and tree limbs to put over the top of that. Mm. The whole thing was wrapped with real roots and limbs. Oh, was it? To make it look So first they real. get
1: the actual underbelly of it. Yeah. Then they put a shell on there that has... Roots and limbs that are just kind of built in with fiberglass. And then they accentuate it with actually real vines and things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they probably do that one underneath with the shapes and the color. Yeah, it's all painted so it blends in. that if anything shows through, it's all blended in there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. What else do you have for the village then?
0: The bridges have a strong steel piling that support them. They're actually as safe as crossing the Golden Gate Bridge. Get out of here. Even though they don't look like it. They've
1: never been across the Golden Gate Bridge at rush hour, <laughs> have they? You got bikers <laughs> everywhere, people trying to change lanes. Not that the bikers are right on the road there, though. But you got people walking, so you're distracted. Then people are trying to change lanes and jockey for the lane to get through the toll. Oh, yeah. Well, And when I say that, it's usually me trying to weave in and out of the looky-loos going, Damn you, yeah. tourists! Why are you in San Francisco? I'm trying to get home. <laughs> So, I'm the one, so blame me.
0: Okay. We'll blame you.
1: Okay. Is that all you got for village stuff action yeah. right now? Yeah. Okay. Back to my list then. Okay. Cannibal wearing powdered wig is what I want to say. <laughs> yes. We get... With the a tri-
0: fan, by the way.
1: Well, he does have a fan because he is fanning himself.
0: Probably because of the wig. It's probably warm.
1: Well, it is warm. Governor Swan's already told us that. But the tribe has had some high society filet mignon of long pork <laughs> yeah. here at some point. <laughs> That's the the point with that. (laughs) And then with the fan, it's probably another victim. Or maybe it was traded. I mean, let's not accuse cannibals without evidence here.
0: (laughs) He probably should have grabbed their teeth, though, too. Because he seems to be missing some.
1: Yeah, he definitely is missing some teeth. There's a whole lot of, well, there's a whole lot of things that are going on here. (laughs) There was a cannibal wearing a pocket watch, too.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, it's around his neck. I didn't catch that one.
1: You always need to make sure you time the stew. You don't want (laughs) to overcook the meat. I mean, it gets too tough. You don't want long pork that's too tough. It just ruins it. <laughs> ruins your appetite for human flesh.
0: Yeah, that's not good. I, I think I forgot one thing.
1: Of course. See, you know, I pause, I let you go, <laughs> and you, you do this. Okay, what?
0: Did I tell you that the village was actually inspired by pirate folklore? No. Yeah.
1: Is that all you have to say about it? That's
0: it. I just Really? Thought it, I thought it was interesting.
1: You know, have no tidbit for us. No. What kind of pirate folklore... Native folklore, probably native. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, probably more so the skulls, the skull huts in the islands. Yeah, with the mythology that was going around, we talked about how there was rumors and they were trying to make it look like the natives were actually more cannibal in real life than they really were. Yeah, just because then it makes it easier to take land and to get rid of them. If you go, well, they're just cannibals. We're not gonna. We don't have to be nice to them. Yeah. And turns out, well, you know, maybe it was just during wartime or certain ceremonies. So, you know, be nice to the cannibals. Because they're cannibals on occasion. Not cannibals all the time. The skulls on those painted sticks, back to my list. Tapered sticks all over the place. The sticks look like snakes. Maybe a coral snake. That's what I get out of that. I did a quick check and perhaps an Alan's coral snake. Oh, really? Really? Apparently, Ellen's coral snakes pop up in the Caribbean, although mostly in Central America. They're very colorful and they're this banded snake. And just the sticks really remind me of these mm-hmm. banded snakes, which just kind of gets back into the idea of kind of a cannibal, deadly tribe idea. And also on my list, this isn't quite things that I'd like though. Unfortunately, the natives are carrying will tied to bamboo. Well, it's not quite accurate. <laughs> Well, at least, okay, let me say this. Large diameter bamboo is not found in this area. Oh, really? The native bamboo species in the Caribbean. Yeah, more plant talk. It's the botany minute. In the West Indies are confined to small size bamboo, less than one centimeter in diameter. You'd have to have a whole bunch of those. Yeah. Or it would be really flimsy trying to, like, ah, can't, we can't carry Will on this. And it's
0: <laughs> really long.
1: That's what she said. Because of this, they do not have any economic value. This is for bamboo. Not necessarily at the time. However, Asiatic species have entered conspicuously into the local economy on some islands in modern times. At present, the Caribbean and the West Indies are known to have 36 species of native woody bamboos with the richest bamboo diversity being in Cuba. But unfortunately, no large bamboo, so I'm only guessing that they must have traded this stuff or come Mm. across it. Yeah. Somebody dropped it off. They were having a nice succulent Chinese meal.
0: What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal.
1: They were having a succulent Chinese meal. Somebody grabbed some bamboo from the boat and the cannibals were okay. It's like, not go. only did we get a Chinese meal,
0: <laughs> literally
1: the Chinese died
0: <laughs> and
1: they got some bamboo from their ship.
0: There you go. You know, hog tying a human wasn't normally, was normally used as torture. And they'd That's actually, it. they'd actually hogtied, when they hog a human, their arms would be behind their leg or their back. Yeah. So not was he actually
1: hogtied, or was he just tied to the pole? Well, um, kinda.
0: The hog-tied is tying your hands and your feet together. You yeah. know, hands together and the feet together over a pole, so you're easy. Okay. To, you know, but it would normally be with a human.
1: That'd be awfully uncomfortable. They had to say, "Will's well, like, I'm not doing that."
0: His art, yeah. Plus, yeah. if they dropped be faced- him, it's more of a form of torture. Now with animals, they tie them like they did Will,
1: and it's an animal. They're going to eat them.
0: That makes sense. For one thing, more humane. That's true.
1: They're treating them like food. He's an animal. As for the people, the real people, that is, the real caribs the culture was mainly patriarchal. Women usually carried out domestic duties such as raising children, making and producing food and clothing and cultivating the land for farming. Men, on the other hand, usually hunted for food and protected women and the children, eh, sometimes, from attack by other warring tribes. And I know this will be hard to believe. But the Caribs believed in shamanism as well as an evil entity called the Mayabuya. The Mayabuya was described to be the personification of evil. And now I think we have nickname number two for you in this show. <laughs> you're now it. the Mayabuya. Thank you. They also had tribal ceremonies that involved sacrifices and tobacco smoking. Because you know what? You can't forget the smoking. If you're going to exactly. have sacrifices, you better have some smoking going Yep. On. Smoke them if you got them. The women painted their skin with a red dye called Ruku, with which... Really, kind of, they made these fantastical decorations of many colors, kind of what we're seeing here. Yeah. So, it really is a mix or a blend of some reality stuff going on and taking things at liberty here, right? From Disney and making the movie. Yeah. The eyes of the females were usually circled with black. The men also painted their bodies and on occasion wore feathered headdresses, jewelry through their lips, and jewelry through their noses,
0: which we see a lot in this. Exactly. Yeah.
1: They also wore the caracoli which was a necklace of small bones along with teeth of defeated enemies from which a crescent-shaped ornament was suspended. The caracoli was worn to represent the courage of the wearer. And we see a lot of bone wearing here. Oh, yeah. All over the place.
0: Well, there's bones everywhere.
1: Exactly. Makes sense from a cannibal tribe. Their diet consisted a lot of protein. Ah! No kidding. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, sorry. We're talking about the real ones here. They eat manatees, ducks, iguanas, and lots of fish among other foods. Forgot we were talking about the real ones, not the... See, now the Garifuna people are going to get mad at me so they can send all their hate mail to you because I didn't properly differentiate exactly. the Caribs that are the cannibals here in this movie versus the real, actual, live Caribs. They believed, because we should talk about food since they also have a really a, a taste for the pork, they believed that eating a pig would give one small, beady eyes. Really? They also believed eating turtle meat made one stupid.
0: Well, that's good. Then they didn't eat turtle.
1: Exactly. Save the turtles. Eh,
0: Jack good would be that. happy
1: with that. Yeah, I'm He's good a turtle with that. guy. They also believe that eating crab before a voyage would bring storms. The Kalinongo. Kalinongo shall rule the world. <laughs> that was kind of a play on. Okay. Indiana Jones. Whatever. Season their food with pepper, but do not use salt. Good thing the, you know, the real Caribs didn't routinely eat long pork. Because if there's one thing I've always learned, you got to always salt your meat. If you don't salt your Longport, port, it is just brutal. That's all I got on that. I do got some stuff on the location. You probably have that as well.
0: Speaking of bones, have you checked out this chief's chair?
1: That was a good transition there.
0: You got that, right. <laughs> as I roll my
1: eyes. It's better than some of mine. But I thought I'd just point it out because I'm always having trouble with transitions. So why not give you some as well? Okay, what?
0: There's actually hash marks on both sides of the chair. Hashtag, ha- yeah. Hashtag
1: cannibal. You
0: know what I mean. <laughs> for- I'm wondering what they kind of
1: cannibal is trending on social media no, today. Oh,
0: marks. Oh, remember, hash Mark. Oh, hash We've been marks. talking about them all. Time Tally to-
1: marks. I, see. You know, I'm such a man of social media. Oh,
0: My love
1: for social media that I had to to try and get cannibal trending today on the news. Cannibal is trending on social media. Okay, what? Now that I've
0: you're done. Yeah, I'm done now. Did you see the hash marks on the chair? I didn't see the hash marks. Did you see all the bones on the chair? I
1: saw bones on the chair. All over the place? I saw bones everywhere. Did
0: you happen to see the skull in Jack's headdress? (laughs) This is like,
1: did you see the first skull to the left of the second skull to the right of the skull on the...
0: No, it's, it, it's like in his headdress. Okay. Up on top. Did you? I, to... I
1: mean, I saw his headdress, but it's not like I... You
0: didn't see the head, the face poking I, out on I top I did.
1: Of it? I don't know what you want me to say about it. I didn't <laughs> check on Thought it. Thought it was
0: interesting. Oh,
1: well, I th- yeah.
0: And was it an ear dangling down by his ear?
1: That I didn't catch.
0: Oh, there's this thing about the size of an ear, kind of shaped like an ear, dangling down off the headdress about the place of his ear. You have to go back and look, because it looks like an ear.
1: I mean, if you're going to have an ear dangling from your head, you might as well have it in the ear position. It just gets ridiculous if the ear is hanging down in front of your face or in the back of your head.
0: True. You might
1: as well have the ear in its proper place. It's a sign of respect for the (laughs) eaten.
0: Okay, I'm done.
1: You're done? done. Well, that's weird. Let me do one of Heather's famous transitions. Speaking of cannibals, cannibal island, that is, we're on Dominica. Don't confuse the island with the Dominican Republic, though. Which, according to information I found, is where some of the crew's luggage turned up. Oh, airports and airplanes. (laughs) Dominica versus the Dominican Republic. Make sure you get those right. It's officially the Commonwealth of Dominica named by Christopher Columbus after Sunday. Not like after Sunday. He didn't do it like on Monday or Tuesday. But it's after Sunday. Does that make sense? No. I think it does. The day of the week on which he first spotted it. So he is a tribute to Sunday. Maybe that's better. He didn't name it. Yeah, okay, whatever. Only 29 miles in length and 16 miles wide. The island is in the Lesser Antilles region of the Caribbean. It's Dominica's jagged coastline, though, which looks so good on screen that has, well, let's just say it's discouraged larger cruise ships from wanting to visit it. thus preventing the island from becoming overdeveloped, which is what we are talking about, how it was actually pretty sparse there's not a lot of stuff going on they had to end up building roads and areas to get into this place
0: i have a little information on that for i think tomorrow
1: oh, well then there you go so we'll save it i did see one mistake in the movie though did you i did what'd you see i mean i'm not always here to point them out or looking for them
0: this <laughs> one you say
1: <laughs> that's true i do get a little i go i found one <laughs> But I don't, I don't like to point them out. This one really caught my eye, though, because I thought it was odd that they were wearing shoes, these native guys. The cannibals with shoes are carrying Will when we first see them crossing the bridge, but not so when they approach Jack the Chief.
0: Forgot to take their shoes off?
1: Yeah, the, I think they're like...
0: Or because they were carrying Will across the Well, I guess landscape. it's easier
1: carrying Will on the dirt with a bamboo stick and stuff when they're coming right up to Jack, as opposed to... A bamboo stick path and then crossing a suspension bridge without shoes on. Yeah. Carrying this body, or I mean, I don't think that they were necessarily carrying Will across the suspension bridge, at least a real Will. But
0: it was strong as the Golden Gate.
1: I know, but just walking across that, you know, the guy gets a splinter in his toe and then they got to halt production, <laughs> but they had shoes on. Huh. When they're first walking, when you first see them come into the village carrying Will and then bypass us and go onto the bridge, they have shoes on. What kind of shoes? Ones that are really well camouflaged. And then when they get over, you can kind of, you, you see them approach Jack and they don't have shoes, shoes on. on anymore. Huh. So it's only that. And because I probably won't mention it again. If I were to say, look to my Karnak turban here. I don't. Is that even appropriate to say these days with Johnny Carson is that if I were to look ahead into the minute I would venture to say that they're wearing shoes when crossing another suspension bridge folks oh yeah here yeah, cuz I'm not going to bring up the mistake again like I said I'm not here to point out the mistakes that's I'm here what to he says folks here to celebrate the movie and all of its glory all of its shoe-wearing glory cannibal loving glory so that's all I got I'm going to end on uh cannibal shoes <laughs> hey even cannibals need shoes. It's true. So Got to run through that, that
0: rocky re- that rocky terrain.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, if you're in a cannibal village and you stub your toe, and there's a lot of blood, everybody all of a sudden their mouths start to water. The last thing you want to do <laughs> is have your friends and neighbors mouth watering because did, you stubbed your toe.
0: They didn't say they were blood drinking. They said they were. I said they st- <laughs> human meat eating.
1: That's right. Because if I see like a,
0: what do you think? They're vampires. Hey. I'm just
1: <laughs> maybe, they, maybe because there was really no medicine. They thought, Oh, look at, he's going to get sick. And you know, they weed out their sick. Oh,
0: okay. Now I understand.
1: Yeah. But before it didn't make sense. It's not like if, not like I want to see a lot of blood. Yeah. Okay. That's not how it works. Although I don't know. Cannibals. I'm not one. Okay. Let's just scrap that. Okay. We'll be back tomorrow with minute 26 of dead man's chest. Until then, scallywags, let's leave the horn swoggling. And maybe my confusion to a minimum.
0: Probably a good idea.
1: You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed. Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the Internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Twitter.com slash Black Men. Instagram.com slash Black Show. SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean. That's for Best Dub Clips. And by all means, give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning.